Today's scripture reading comes to us from Luke, the 20th chapter, verses 27 through 38. We find that Jesus has journeyed to Jerusalem, and he's gone to the temple, but not to pay his homage or to worship, but to clean out the temple from those who are selling sacrifices. So after that takes place, he's pretty much teaching in the temple every day while his opponents seek the opportunity and means to kill him. Jesus is invited into another snare with a question about the resurrection by some Sadducees. Because they only recognized the original five books of Moses as fully authoritative, they did not believe the resurrection of the dead. Jesus avoids their trap by making two moves. He demonstrates their failure to understand the resurrection, and then he demonstrates their failure to understand scripture by using another passage from the Pentateuch, Exodus 3, the story of Moses' encounter with God in the burning bush, and the revelation of God's holy name, thereby establishing the validity and certainty of life after death. Hear the word of the Lord. Some of the Sadducees who say there is no resurrection came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and dies childless. The second and then the third married her, and in the same way, the seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since she was married the seven times to the brothers? Jesus replied, the people of this age marry and are given in marriage. But those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage, and they can no longer die, for they are like the angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the burning bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise, for he calls the Lord the God of Abraham, the God of Jacob, and the God of Isaac. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living. For to him, all are alive. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
authority in the Torah, the books written by Moses, the first five books of the Bible. And since there's no specific doctrine of resurrection, they rejected that belief. But the Pharisees, the other group, accepted both the Torah and the prophets as authoritative scripture. And they also relied heavily on oral tradition to understand Scripture. And they do believe in the resurrection, a concept that may not be fully developed in the Torah and may not be mentioned. Today's passage is more than a debate about their belief in resurrection. Today's passage goes deeper than that. It's a debate over hermeneutics. You see, hermeneutics is the study of biblical interpretation. But then we take that stance and we need to dig a little deeper to truly understand the meaning of this passage. You see, they weren't disagreeing about what they both felt the passage said. They were disagreeing about their understanding of God's justice. You see, the Sadducees understood this world would be the only world in which God would act as the keeper of the covenantal promises. But the Pharisees, the Pharisees understood that God would keep his promises here and now, and would act justice, be enact justice beyond the boundaries of this world. So the Sadducees wanted to prove that they were right, and they did confront Jesus with this dilemma. And they speak about the Leverite marriage law that is found in Deuteronomy, written by Moses, 25, verses 5 through 6, that read, when brothers reside together and one of them dies and has no son, the wife of the deceased shall not be married outside the family to a stranger. Her husband's brother shall go into her, taking her in marriage and performing the duty of a husband's brother to her. And the firstborn, whom she bears, shall succeed to the name of the deceased brother, so that his name may not be blotted out of Israel. You see, the Sadducees addressed Jesus as teacher to set him up 
with a trick question designed to stump rather than to enlighten all people. They were attempting to embarrass Jesus and undercut his authority as a teacher. And in their mindsets, he would not be able to make a response that didn't alienate half of the people. And I love the way Jesus engages them in his answer. He gives them a reply that pictures marriage as a matter of this life, not the afterlife. His reply does not state who is right or wrong, but instead invites them to engage in learning to understand through God's vision for his world. Those who belong to this age, this time, this culture, have a vision that is conformed to this age. A vision limited of the intimacy of the ways of life that we can only find in the structures of this world. And Jesus is teaching them that they are in one world order right now. A world order where so many of them avoid any form of death. A world order filled with dualistic thinking that limits their understanding of God's justice. You see, they want things to be black or white, right or wrong, good or bad, heaven or hell. A world order where so many of them equate themselves as God, believing that their knowledge of who goes where and of what happens and they have enough knowledge of the ways of heaven. Isaiah 55, 9 tells us a different truth. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Jesus speaks about those who are worthy those who are of that age and the resurrection have a vision that looks beyond what we can understand or ever expect to understand fully while living in this age. Then Jesus presents that passage, that message from Moses, heard at the burning bush as told in the book of Exodus. Jesus speaks a truth. That many people then, and some of us now, do not understand or even realize. You see, God spoke of his relationship with the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob in the present tense. As if they were still living. Jesus is trying to teach the people and us to see God as he sees God. To see God outside of the box that we put God inside. The God Jesus knows and sees is full of life 
And it is life so contagious that it cannot be contained. Seeing that in God there is no darkness. Because God is good. And God is the God of the living. We, humanity, then and now, are by nature unceasing spiritual beings with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. Diedrich Bonhoeffer wrote about humanity's need to keep our eyes focused where God is active within the real world, in the incarnation, in the living. Bonhoeffer reminds us that the central message of the New Testament is that in Christ, God has loved the world and reconciled it with himself. The world needs reconciliation with God, but cannot, cannot achieve it by itself. Jesus is the key to knowing the world and each other. Jesus is the key to understanding the meaning of Scripture. Being an apprentice of Jesus is about radical transformation here and now. Your call to discipleship is a call to dying so that you can live for and like Jesus Christ as the Holy Spirit abides in you. To be children of God, to be worthy, means to be imitators of Jesus Christ. Dallas Willard wrote, Nothing less, nothing less than life in the steps of Christ is adequate to the human soul or to the needs of our world. Discipleship is about dying to the mindsets, visions, and the order of this age to enter into the order of that age and the resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection that Jesus is speaking about. People choosing to live into God's kingdom life, not away from life, by seeing ourselves more clearly made into disciples of Jesus Christ. There is a marked difference between being a Christian and being a disciple of Jesus Christ. The worthy Jesus is speaking about is not what we call Christians in our world standards today but are people who enter the order of God's kingdom here on earth by being costly disciples of Jesus Christ. Being a disciple comes with the willingness to enter into the new heaven and the new earth built upon God of the living. A new heaven and a new earth order that is based upon God's justice 
where Jesus is the judge. God's ways are beyond our comprehension. God's ways will always be a puzzle we cannot solve, and that is why we profess the mystery of faith when we share communion. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Every day, I'm thankful for God's and Jesus' call to discipleship. And for all the people who died to bring the knowledge of costly discipleship through their death of cheap Christian living to their adjustment to being imitators of Jesus Christ. I'm thankful that through God's grace, I'm able to join this band of puzzlers a band of people who paved the way for us to move beyond labels of being a Christian or a disciple. People just like us, seeking to understand God and his justice that is beyond our cultural mindsets. You see, that yoke of Jesus that we take on is a yoke of discipleship. And it's one filled with mystery, a life full of faith, hope, and love. Amen. Let us pray. God, our God of the living, thank you for your open door. Thank you for continuing to create, redeem, and sustain. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, May our minds be transformed to understand and live by your grace as disciples of Jesus Christ. I pray this through the power of our Lord Jesus. Amen.